Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Hey, Ronnie. I'm well, and you? Man, give me just a second let my ears quit ringing. I mean, we're going to have a social hour, and we're going to turn the music up so loud you can't hear each other. What? Hippies. Yeah, he has no hearing. I can't hear any. What'd you say? What? What? Uh, yeah. What'd he say? All right, guys. Good morning. Glad you're here. <laughs> what a morning. Man, I hear fall is coming this afternoon. According to the calendar, it's supposed to be here this afternoon. Well, summer's not letting go anytime soon. It's going to hang on right until this afternoon. Guys, um, was coming in this morning and was listening to a song on the radio, and I was just kind of wondering about, about this, this because of some personal things with me and kind of a conflict I had yesterday uh, with a, my brother. And I thought, man, you know, this is just, this just stinks that I'm this age and still have issues with siblings and trying to work through that. And, you know, did I respond wrong? Was I, you know, trying to take an inventory of where I am and what I was doing? And like, you know, I'm a man. I didn't do anything wrong. It must have been him. <laughs> so as I realized it wasn't me, this song came on the radio about grace. Grace every day. God gives grace every morning. And I get enough grace this morning to get me through today. Covers me from yesterday, and I get through it today. Isn't that what being a lion is about as well? Daily confession to your brothers, maybe your brother, brother, or maybe to your brother sitting next to you this morning. Confession of what you're facing, your fears, your concerns, what's happened to you, what you've done to somebody else. Confessing it and then receiving God's grace. Today, today God extends grace for us today. We're not promised tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let's take it today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. Lord, I thank you for my brothers here. I thank you for Phil, for the leadership team, for C Spire, for the breakfast. God, it's your grace. You're restoring. You're calming. The salve. Healing of wounds. Forgiveness of our sin. Your grace is sufficient. We ask for your grace today. We confess our sins, Lord. We ask that you walk with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. Excited about our time together this morning. Having just come from uh, the best deer camp ever. Incredible. God moved in the hearts of men at Ebenezer Place this past weekend. And uh, the next one is October um, 21st through 23rd. So if you haven't been, sign up. If you have been, you want to be in that circle, uh, certainly on Saturday. And uh, next week, uh, Blair and I are going to kind of do a little um, update in, on our construction uh, zone. It's exciting to see um, the uh, new um, 
uh, construction uh, coming together. So we'll do a little show and tell uh, next week. God offers us music um, as a way to awaken our heart. And I want to offer you a song this morning. I want you to look at the words there on the back of your notes. Um, this morning, um, as we continue uh, in our in this series, Lion Maker, uh, the title of the today's session is Lion's Roar. And um, I can't take credit for this song because Ron Tisdale stumbled upon it and Ron sent it to us. I was going to show another are going to play another song, Ron, um, and you sent this, and it's just like, no, dude, this this is the song. This this is it. So the words, uh, just to share a little bit with you, um, follow the words there at the beginning. God of Jacob, great I am, king of angels, son of man, voice of many waters, song of heaven's throne, louder than the thunder, make your glory known. Hail, hail. This is not a Mississippi State uh, uh, cheerleading. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar, roar. May you hear the voice of God and may he direct our hearts toward becoming more like Jesus as we see the metaphor of the lion. Let the light roll. 
cup of coffee that'll get your blood flowing this morning be on the alert stand firm in your faith act like men be strong the words from first corinthians 16 13 this morning we continue um, in this series lion maker you to turn over to second timothy 2 2 second timothy 2 2 is one of the verses that's kind of our anchor verses for this series. Uh, last week, I kind of concentrated on be a disciple. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit more about go. Be and go. Go make disciples. 2 Timothy 2.2 says this. I'll start with verse 1. So, my son, throw yourself into this work for Christ. Pass on what you heard from me. Pass on what you heard from me. In simple terms, don't be a consumer. Uh, also be, or don't just be a consumer, 
but also be a giver. The whole congregation saying amen to reliable leaders who are competent to teach others. In your study Bible, uh, that verse reads something like this in verse 2. And the things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Take what you've been given and give it to others. So I want you to pick up your pen right now. I want you to write down five guys that you wish were in this room right now. Just five guys that are good friends that could easily be in this room right now. Who would you like to be in this room with you this morning? Five guys, put, put them down. Five, I'm not talking about hamburgers here. That's right, with five guys with fries. No, five guys, pass it on. That which you have heard even this morning that you might pass on to somebody else. Might be your son, could be your daughter, Five people that need to be more attuned to what we're doing here this morning. Started this series there on the back of your notes is a lion maker declaration. I'm gonna read uh, this again. I'm not gonna read this every week as we go through this series, but I, I want you to be aware of this. It will be on the back of your notes. So you can look at it uh, as we go. This is a, a personal declaration that I wrote out when Carla and I were in Belize celebrating our 40th wedding, uh, wedding anniversary, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, late May. I will quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Be the lion. I will set God-sized goals. I will pursue God-given passions. I will go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Be the lion. I'll stop pointing out problems. I'll become a part of the solution I'll stop repeating the past. I'll start creating my future, be the lion. I will face my fears. I will fight for my dreams. I'll grab opportunity by the mane and not let go, be the lion. I'll face my fears. I'll fight for my, oh, oh let's go to the next one. I will live like today is the first day and last day of my life. I'll burn sinful bridges. I will blaze new trails. I will pursue the next adventure, be the lion. I will live for the applause of nail scarred hands. I will not let what's wrong with me keep me from whispering what's right with God, be the lion. I will dare to fail. I will dare to be different. I will quit holding out. I will quit holding back. I will quit running away. I'll use my gifts and brokenness to impact others. I will seek to be a brother and father to other men. I'll live in community. I will fight. I will be the lion. I will seek to be like Jesus. 
Amen. May you take that and be inspired and even write it out in your journal and personalize it. Write it as I wrote it, and then, and then you just kind of put your twist on it. Write it out in your own words. And again, as I've mentioned to you, I'm, I'm using this book, Chase the Lion, uh, by Mark Batterson. Um, if, your dreams, uh, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small is the subtitle. Uh, this is kind of our resource for this. It's my inspiration uh, for our series. I would strongly recommend that you read this book. And some of you have already started doing that. So as we begin this morning, um, I have three questions for you. And it's actually the same three questions from last week. I'll change the questions eventually. That's right, you should get them right, you know, so, so you ought to do well on today's test since it's the last one of last week. So I want you to um, go over this again. Question number one, what is your intentional and deliberate plan for growth? Guys, as we go through this series, I'm giving you a template uh, for personal growth and it, and, it, and it doesn't matter so much of where you are uh, as it matters where you're headed. Um, and if you don't have a plan, then you don't have a direction. And if you don't have it written down, then you don't have a plan. So I'm going to give you a template through this series and even this morning, but I, I want you to write down a plan for your personal growth. So just take a minute and write down um, one goal in terms of your personal growth right now. What would you say? Plan for my growth. I need to grow and finish that sentence. I need to grow. How do you need to grow? In my book, which can be purchased at the back, um, two books, Lions Were Born to Roar and Be the Lion. And in the Lions Were Born to Roar book, we make it, uh, make the uh, the strong point um, that a lion, as opposed to a bull, chameleon, or turtle, uh, is committed to growth. And most men, in my experience in working uh, with men through the years, are not committed to growth. We're, we're, we're committed to our retirement plan. We're committed to our golf game. We're uh, committed to our football team, go Vols, you know, stuff like that. But it's the idea of really committed to growth, maturing and growing up, becoming what God intended us to be. So question number two, I'd ask you to respond to. Who is your who? Who are you praying for, committed to help, focused on as someone you want to see grow and mature? And again, I would just direct you to that list of five. And as we go through this series, I want you to have that list of five uh, get them here, pray for them, be committed to somebody outside yourself. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, it, if you're not really um, um, responsibly praying for another person, that you care for another person, you're already dying. I mean, um, the idea of, of caring enough about your own life to care for another person is what gives life to us. Yes. 
uh, and and it, it's like guys we are way too incestuous and i and i don't use that word lightly in our christian faith in our life you know we're navel gazing i uh when i was on staff with campus crusade for christ years ago at penn state i had this professor that he thought i was leading a cult and man he he did not like campus crusade i mean he was woke before woke was woke and uh i, I sat with him and his on his sun porch overlooking the golf course just off the uh, campus and he said all y'all do is just navel gaze you're just into navel gazing and i'm thinking dude you do you realize i'm on staff with campus crusade we're like the marines of jesus we're out there walking the halls of the dormitory we're out there in the dormitory dude we're out there we're uh, uh, cruising the campus trying to find guys like you to lead to jesus but he thought we were just navel gazing is that what you do no who are you concerned about besides yourself? Question number three. How do you need help in your own growth? Question number one is good that you want to grow. But question number three gets us down to this idea of I need help. And, and most all of us do. I, I need a coach. I need a mentor. I need a counselor. I have business cards in my pocket. I can help you. I need a father. We never outgrow our need to be fathered. Um, and so don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. And so jot that down. So I want you to take a minute um, and I want you to meet a new uh, friend and talk about what you just wrote down. You can be as open and as honest, or you can turn your paper over and cover it if you want to. Okay, so meet a friend, talk about what you wrote down.
Let's pull back together. You can uh, buy your uh, new friend a cup of coffee and continue that conversation. So this idea of uh, being a lion maker, lions roar, lions roar, lions make themselves known they are active they're not passive i assure you that when adam stood beside eve and eve was eating that fruit he was not a lion he was passive and by the way if you ever think that adam was home alone watching espn he wasn't he was standing right beside her look at verse 6 chapter 3 of genesis she ate the fruit and just handed it over to him an old passive adam standing right there you know and it's like lion's roar. Part of the way that we need to get engaged in the process is being willing to vulnerably acknowledge our brokenness. That's what we do at our coaching weekend. It's so powerful. And I wanna show you what that looks like um, in a movie clip. I want to show you another clip out of Les Miserables, uh, the uh, Liam Neeson version, 1994, 95, whatever. And I, and I also want to go back and just make a correction um, that I've been known to be evangelistic uh, in my expression. I, I can exaggerate. And last week, um, I had a, a, someone that corrected me, and I appreciate that. When I said, I'm going to show you a clip, and this is the gospel. Um, I should have said this is a picture of the gospel. Obviously, a movie clip is not the gospel. Nobody's going to, you know, get before God and said, okay, uh, why should I let you into my heaven? And the answer to God's question, you say, well, I watched that movie clip at Men's Roundtable. No, so that was a little bit of an exaggeration. Obviously, the gospel is simply this, that I am a sinner. I have no hope uh, in my own ability uh, to rid myself of sin. And God, in his grace, has made a provision for me. And his provision is Jesus. And in a mysterious way, in a grace-oriented way, when I put my faith in that object that God has provided, and I put my faith, what little bit I have, in Jesus as my only hope for the forgiveness of my sins and eternal life, then God credits me with complete holiness and righteousness. It is an amazing water into wine transformation. Amen? So that's the gospel. 
So last week was a kind of picture of the gospel. As Jesus would say in his parables, the kingdom of God is like this. And so I want to show you a clip where Jean Valjean continues in his journey that the bishop um, directed him to, to, to really live out belonging to God. And he does, and he becomes the mayor of a town, and he's quite the guy. But he has this story um, that nobody seems to know about. And in this scene, what you see is Jean Valjean comes face to face with his past. And it's so painful because you, and certainly I, have things about our past that I wouldn't want Jeff to be showing slides of some of my past up here. That would be, it would be embarrassing. It would be shameful. It's things that I'm not proud of. But it is those sharing pieces of our brokenness that God often wants to use. And that's what our weekends are about. Um, um, I've seen God use my own failures and my brokenness a whole lot more than my gifts, truly. So I want you to watch this clip and I want you to think about, wow, what would you do if you were in this situation and how much are you ashamed to share your brokenness as opposed to sharing your brokenness in a way that brings honor to Jesus because he has forgiven you and redeemed you from those failures. And as you share them uh, with humility, God gives grace to the humble and you are healed and others are invited into the same heal. Jean Valjean, watch this. two great cases. So I can't get in? No, not a chance. Unless, unless Monsieur is a public official, there's a seat reserved for them right beside the judge. Best seat in the house. I'm the mayor of Vigo. You pretend to be simple. So, I give you a simple question to answer. Are you or are you not the convict, Jean Valjean? In the first place... What was the first place? Answer the question. You're wicked. That's what I was going to say. Only I forgot your name. <laughs> I'm a man who... Oh, what's the word for it? 
I'm one of those who doesn't eat every day. I'm... I'm hungry, that's the word. You've already been found guilty of poaching. Answer the prosecutor's question. Did he ask a question? Are you or are you not Jean Valjean? You say I was born in Favreau. That's very clever, telling me where I come from. It's more than I know. My, my, my parents were tramps. Monsieur le Président, in view of the shrewdly contrived denials of the accused, who is trying to pass himself off as an idiot, I call the witness Brevet to the stand. So ordered. Brevet, I remind you that what you say may destroy a man's life. You must be absolutely certain of your testimony. My memory's good. The best thing I have. The accused will rise. Do you recognize this man? Yeah. I was the first to recognize him. So I ought to get credit. Never mind who was first. Who is he? That's Jean Valjean. We served 19 years together in prison. He looks older, of course. Looks stupider, too. But that's probably age. Monsieur le Président, I call the convict. You may step down. Lombard. The, the accused should remain standing. I repeat my warning. A man's life can be destroyed by your answer. Do you recognize the accused? I can't help but recognize him. We did five years on one chain. What's the matter with you, eh? No, hello. Hey? You missed me, eh? Uh, hello? I call Bertin to the stand. I warn you as well, your answer can ruin a man. Do you recognize the accused? Yeah, he's Jean Valjean. Monsieur le Président, may I address the court? Yes, uh, yes, certainly, Monsieur le Maire. Breve, Lombard, Bertin, look at me. You recognize me? I recognize you, Breve. You were an informer in Toulon. I see you're still a snitch. And you, Lombard, don't look at my fancy clothes. Don't look at my scraped chin. Look at my eyes. You call yourself godless, right? You've got a scar on your left shoulder. I gave it to you the night you tried to kill me, remember? When I pinned you over the stove? It is you. You should have caught your scar. Bertin, the hollow of your left arm. There's a date tattooed, 1789, the year of the revolution. Show them. I know these men, Monsieur le Président. 
they know me. I am the man you want. I am Jean Valjean. Monsieur le maire, I know you to be a kind man. A kind? Yes. A kind man? When I was in prison, I was as ignorant and mean and devious as these men here, but not kind. And I wish I could keep my mouth shut and let this poor right suffer for me. But... Continue with the investigation, monsieur. You will find further proof that I am Valjean. Powerful, powerful. Any kind of growth on your part and my part begins with uh, confession and repentance. AA starts it out this way. Hello, my name is Phil and I'm an alcoholic. And all the drunks at the AA meeting say, welcome Phil, glad you're here. Guys, we are too easily um covering our brokenness as opposed to being willing to share it and no healing takes place none until there's acknowledgement of the need for healing i'm a sinner uh, i'm no better than you you are no better than me i am jean valjean but would you sit passively and allow somebody else to take your rap? The only one that's ever going to pass uh, for taking your rap, his name is Jesus. That he did take the rap for you and for me, and that is the gospel. So as we begin uh, in, in this series, um, second week into this series, Scripture calls us to be the lion, to be a lion maker in two ways. First of all, to be a disciple. And there on your notes, I want to suggest to you that through the Jesus uh, model, that Jesus grew in four areas. Luke 2, 52 says that he grew um, physically, he grew in wisdom or emotional growth. He grew socially, or we would just say relational growth. And he grew spiritually in connection to his father. Now, I've given you a list of possible ways to break that down. I'm going to grow physically. The one area that I would suggest to you, and there's lots of things uh, physically, is start exercising. You know, your body is the temple of God. It's what scripture says. You got to take care of it. And um, exercise is one simple way. How about emotional growth? The one area that I would just mention on that list, and, and there's numerous ways to grow emotionally, is Start working with forgiveness. Who do you need to forgive? Powerful. 
the expression of the grace of God that's been given to us that we can extend to another by forgiving those that have harmed us. Powerful forgiveness. That's hard. And then this, and then the social growth or the relational growth. I would just suggest to you one way is choosing to live in community. Get on a team. Get on a team. You need to have three guys that if I sat down with those three guys and said, how's he doing? Those three guys would pretty much be able to tell me 90% of your story. And then your wife knows the other 10%. Living in community. And then, and then spiritually, guys, do not, do not underestimate what God wants from you. All what he really wants, number three there on your list, evaluate your connection to God, developing an intimate walk with God. Intimacy, to know and be known, into me see, into me see. So being a disciple is growing in those four areas. And then this morning, again, what I want you to really focus on this morning because we spent a lot of time on, on this other side last week, is I want you to be a kingdom builder. I want you to go as opposed to just sit. There is too much passivity. Again, uh, as I've said to you many times before, Eric Metaxas uh, is, is a guy that I believe strongly in. I believe that he is a modern day cross between uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and C.S. Lewis. I listened to his podcast because he has all kinds of people on there. He's just come out with his new book that was released this week, Letters to the American Church. I would suggest you read that book as a way, again, to overcome our passivity. We are way too passive. Matthew chapter 28, listen to Jesus's words. I had the privilege, um, and by God's grace, um, being exposed to this passage in, in like, I don't, you know, I grew up in a little country church in uh, Hillbilly, Tennessee, um, but I don't remember ever hearing this verse. I mean, I'm sure I did, but you know, it's just like, no, I, yeah, I don't know. But Matthew 28, listen to this. Jesus undeterred, uh, and, and I would say undeterred uh, by, um, just the lack of following in the criticism uh, and the passivity that he saw. Think about that. He was undeterred by that. No. One of, one of the things that I so much appreciated about my years uh, on staff with Campus Crusade, Bill Bright, who started Campus Crusade, um, would say over and over, we're going to focus on what God's called us to do, and we are not going to be deterred by those that criticize us and we're not gonna engage in criticism of others. I love that. And I wish I was better at it. I'm certainly not 100% clean on that, but that's what I've tried to live by. Jesus was undeterred by the negative energy. And he said this, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go, go. Go, don't be passive. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near. 
in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. And guys, there is so much about that passage. And I've heard that passage debated. And I've, you know, I've said in classes where we're arguing about baptism. I mean, that is so boring to me. It's like, I want to I wanna stick an ice pick in my neck. I believe in baptism, but I'm not interested in sitting in a classroom and arguing about it, dude. There's people dying out there. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. You know, we're way too passive trying to figure out the jot and the tittle. We're like modern day Pharisees. Uh-uh. I don't want to do that. So here's how you become a kingdom builder. I borrow words from Rick Warren. I don't often give my resources out, but you know, I had a weak moment. Um, purpose. A kingdom builder is someone who has purpose. What is the purpose of your life? Think about that. I, I would just suggest to you as we go through this series that you would write out the purpose of your life. Purpose of my life um, is to honor Jesus. When I get up in the morning and I sit down with my journal, um, if you read my journal, you would see that most of the time I began to just, God, I'm grateful for another day. Uh, may I be a reflection of your love to the world. Use me in whatever way uh, that you choose to use me and may the free, uh, fragrant aroma of Jesus uh, be part of my gift to those that I come in contact with, something like that. Purpose. What's your purpose? You know, retire and, and play a lot of golf. Come on. You can do better than that. I mean, play golf. That's great. Invite me. You know, you can pay my way. Number two, to be a kingdom builder is be committed to the principles of the kingdom. And guys, what I would say in that, what I'm really talking about, what Rick Warren is talking about, is being committed to the truth and reality of this book. I mean, I, I want your uh, Bible to look like an old baseball glove, just worn flat out. I know, you know, you young guys, you use your phone, you... But see, you know, it's, it's always hard for me because when you're looking at your phone and I'm teaching, I don't know if you're scrolling through Facebook or really reading through Scripture, you know? So that's on you, though. you got to figure that out. So I understand. Committed to God's Word. Eating it like Ezekiel ate the scroll. And what was it like when he ate the scroll? Sweet like honey. Every day. Every day. Some of us are starving ourselves spiritually because we never eat from his word. Thirdly, to be a kingdom builder and to be a goer um, is power. Great power to live in. And guys, that's where you've got to start living by faith. The power of the Holy Spirit is activated by faith. Jesus said to his disciples, now when I go, you guys don't do nothing. He said, don't do nothing. He said it just like that, kind of like that. East Tennessee, don't do nothing. Until what? 
until the Holy Spirit comes upon you because when he comes, he will empower you to be my witnesses and he will reveal truth to you. So guys, um, I would never be able to do what little bit I do in kingdom building if mentors of mine hadn't taught me about the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'm not a young guy anymore, but man, I feel like I'm 30. You know, it's like I've got all this energy and, I, you know, I may die tomorrow, may die this afternoon driving back to Fairhope. But believe me, if I die, I'll drive with my boots on with no socks and it'll be great. You know, I'll be dancing with Jesus, but to be empowered, you cannot live this Christian life without being empowered by a source greater than you. And his name is Jesus and his Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity is what empowers us and allows us to do that which we could never do on our own. This Christian life, dude, is impossible. You can't do it. And so many guys, I've been walking with God long enough, I've seen guys laying in the ditch. It looks like the Bataan death march in terms of people trying to live out the kingdom of God in their own power. Can't do it. Cannot do it. Number four, I would just say, if you're going to be a kingdom builder, you're going to have purpose, you're going to live by God's word, and you're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's like, dude, you've got to get focused on people. People, living in community, um, caring for people. Now, some of us are extroverts. I mean, you know, I'm an extrovert. I know I'm energized by people. I don't even like going to the bathroom by myself. You know, I mean, TMI, I realize that. But I, but I love people. And, and some of you are extrovert, I mean, uh, introverts. And, and so it's a little harder for you. I understand. But you don't get a free pass on this people thing. Uh-uh. We're all instructed in 2 Timothy 2.2 to take what we have learned and pass it on at least to your grandchildren. I mean, at least that. I mean, that's like, you know, that's like a layup. At least that. But how about those guys you work with? Guys that you've never invited them to men's round table. Why not? I mean, this is pretty cool. I mean, chicken biscuits for free, you know, it's pretty cool. So let me finish with 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Just this idea of being a kingdom builder. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, and we'll close with this this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I love this. But for right now, friends, I'm completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other and with God. As a, as a client of mine said one time, I'm flusterated. You know, it was a double whammy. <laughs> You're acting like infants in relation to Christ, capable of nothing much more than nursing at the breast. Now, we could, we could prolong that, but we probably ought to move on right there. <laughs> Well then, I'll nurse you since you don't seem capable of anything more. As long as you grab for what makes you feel good or makes you look important, are you really much different than a babe at the breast, content only when everything's going your way? 
When one of you says, I'm on Paul's side, another says, I'm for Apollos, are you being totally childish, guys? I assure you that when you get to heaven and you stand before a holy God, he's not going to ask you what committee you were on, what church you actually went to, but he was, he's going to ask you, did you know my son? And you, did you tell others about my son? Those who are ashamed of me, I will say, I knew you not. Guys, I want you to fall in love with Jesus through this series. I want the lion to roar through your life. Lions were born to roar. I want you to be a disciple. Grow. Just, just be a grower. That's number one. And then as you're growing, be a goer. Make a difference. Make a difference. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for our time this morning. Thank you for each man in this room. Lord, you have brought each man here in order to give him a taste of eternity. Uh, may we live out that which we've heard even this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.